tonight's episode of Ask the Video Game Millionaires, Kyle and Wiggly from the We Talk Games Council of Video Game Millionaires will give the correct answers to your questions. We join Ask the Video Game Millionaires already in progress from the last episode of We Talk Games. Okay, well, Ouch reached out to us again. He's got a question for Ouch, us. Ouch, you say. Okay. Yeah. He wants to know, do you guys think the fun factor is gone from games or has it taken a different shape than what we know? That is a stupid question. It's a weird question. Yeah, should we just skip it and do another yourself. one? Because he did. We'll just scrap that one, and then I'll well, ask no, the other question he asked. You will find the answers within yourself. <laughs> no, but I think games have lost all of their fun factor, and no video games are fun to play. In fact, you only play them because you feel like you must, because you want to be a cool kid. The same reason you take drugs. Let's do his I'm other question. I'm doing that question. I just answered we, it. We have a clean slate. I just answered it. <laughs> right. We're doing it. No, I think uh, has it changed? I don't think so. No, I think it. I think it opened up for more people that don't want to have fun. I think it made video so? games accessible to people that don't want to have fun. <laughs> How so? Uh, the people that talk smack to you playing their first-person shooters. There you right, go. But, you know, there ha- that, there's that fun. There's the casual gamer fun yeah. with your, you know, Candy Crush, if you want to call that a game. Yeah. You know what my favorite iPhone game is? What's that? eBay <laughs> and Groupon and Amazon. I don't think Fun Factor has ever gone away from video game. It is a strange question because without it, there is no video game. It's not a successful game unless there's some sort of fundamental things in there to make it an enjoyable experience. Sure. So I, that's the best answer I can give to that question. It never went away. It hasn't changed. It's always there. It's just maybe there's more games out there that are considered AAA titles that you're not interested in, but you don't have to be interested in those games. You can play indie games that nod to the retro era, or you can just play retro games if you'd like. But as far as games today, contemporarily speaking, yeah, there's fun games out there. And there's really um, nothing new. It's like, you know, Ralph Bear said that humans have been playing games since they're the dawn of, of humans. Right. And, and dolphins play games, albeit very disgusting games by... <laughs> Fucking playing volleyball with a dead seal. That's kind of <laughs> gross. But um, uh, animals play games with things. They play throw your shit. Monkeys do that. Yeah, remember uh, when that monkey fucked that frog's mouth? Yes! That is disgusting. What's wrong with monkeys? Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, fun factor exists even in the animal kingdom. It is. It does. And and video games. Don't, just don't let the 13-year-olds on Xbox playing their first-person shooters with their racial and homophobic slurs get you down. There's plenty of games out there that are fun that aren't that. Yeah. 
it's, it's very important to supplement your video game fun with other funds like playing outside, you know, something a 50 year old like me does all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and playing with toys like a 50 year old like me does all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and doing uh, the other stupid shit I do, like being concerned with how much helium is in my He-Man balloon and my RoboForce <laughs> balloon at any given time and draining them of the spent helium and then refilling them up for the two days that it lasts in the Mylar <laughs> balloons. It's important to, to, to have a good life balance of everything. And then that makes you enjoy your video games more. If you just sit there in front of the TV until your sofa stinks like ass... It's it's not going to be fun. That's how you become Stinky the Game Master. That's how you do. If I give this subject more thought, even though it's a stupid question, I do, <laughs> <laughs> I do have to think about it. And, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or because, uh, you know, I'm just changing my mood or priorities of, of what I like at the time. Like I was really heavy into 1960s, 1970s games for a while. So that was taking my attention away. Mm-hmm. I really don't know what could cause a shift, but I do find myself playing a newer title. And I mean like a newer Polygon game, even some that are independent Polygon games like that Halloween one where you're dressed up in costume Oh, uh, Costume Quest. Costume Quest, yeah. yeah. It's like that. But I find myself getting into these games. And you know, you get 100 games per month on the PlayStation Network if you pay to 50. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I try to. You'll get your identity stolen, but. Your ID, yeah, it doesn't matter because you have 150,000 games that you can't store on anything because there's no hard drive big enough to even download one month's worth of games. Yeah. Um, so I find myself deleting games I haven't did even Did you do that mod? Open. Uh, on a, a side question, did you do the mod as far as putting a bigger hard drive into your PlayStation 3? Oh, I had a bigger hard drive in my PlayStation 3 since I first got it. Oh, okay, you put like a terabyte in there? <laughs> well, no, because I didn't have terabyte small drives at that time, but I definitely put at least 500. Yeah, I'm going to do that I think soon. It came with 250. So, yeah, you know, it's a terabyte drive in there. Yeah. But I I have two PlayStations now. I have a slim and and a regular. So I'm fortunate in that I got a really good, uh, really inexpensive, uh, but it doesn't really fucking matter. So I find myself getting these games and I, you know, I really like them. Like there's this game where you're an angel flying around and hell's breaking loose and the graphics are incredible. Yeah. But a lot of times I find myself getting through the training level and I'm already like, uh, I got to I gotta go do other things. I don't know if it's because I feel like I have too much other responsibilities in life or I, yeah. should, I should be doing the website work that I need to do on things or, or what it is. But I find myself playing the pixelated games a little bit more. Maybe now, are you talking about new pixelated games or are you talking about old games? There's a thing about people calling things retro. I'm not really all about calling a new game retro because it's pixelated. I think you know, some people might start out saying, oh, I want to make a pixel game or a retro game. But I just think they're uh, games. You know, This yeah. is what I could do. I can make Flappy Bird. And- so the pixelated games, regardless of if there's something that came out yesterday or something that came out 15 years ago, those are the ones that you gravitate towards is what you're saying. And it might not be because they're pixelated. You know, it might just be because like we mentioned a lot, accessibility and yeah. the ability to just start going. You might, you know, you might have a little training level, but you're going to get into that game and you're going to start that game. And it doesn't matter how long you play it. You still got fun out of it. Right. Um, you didn't just go through the training lesson and then, get burned out on it 
But once again, it's still the same. I don't know what's making me not want to play it. I got the Nintendo 3DS, fortunately, recently, and I really like that. But, well, that's a different story because I've already played all those fucking games six or seven times. (laughs) And I love those games. I love Animal Crossing. I love Kid Icarus. Right. But even though this one's Polygon and everything else, it's Super Smash Brothers, uh, Mario Kart, these are all great games, but how yeah. many fucking times do I want to go back to that? I don't even want to start that. Well, we're in the same boat on this because when I was getting ready to go on my honeymoon, I was flying to Hawaii nonstop. It's 11 hours from mm-hmm. where I live, 11 hours in a plane in coach. So if I wasn't going to fall asleep, I had to keep my mind occupied or, or else I might kill someone. Uh, <laughs> sure. so, so, so I'm like, okay, well, I got the 3DS and the 3DS has great battery life. I think it can, mm-hmm. you know, make the travel and plus that you can charge things now on the plane. So what do right. I want to play? Just going back to what games uh, I gravitate towards. I have one of those little plug and play Sega Genesis's Genesis, if yeah. you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it has a bunch of games built into it, but you can also use the um, the cartridge uh, up top if you have oh, okay. original cartridges. Okay, yeah. And I wanted to play Rampart because I was talking mm, um, mm. with some friends and I mentioned that, oh, we should all get together and play Rampart. And they had no idea what the hell I was talking <laughs> about. Sad. And I wanted to slap them so hard. Yeah. So I went out and I found Sega Kart of Rampart. And wow. um, I actually, you know, introduced my friends. Everybody dug it because of the accessibility of it. Mm-hmm. That's my grouping of friends. On this system, this little Sega system, there was also a game uh, called Fatal Labyrinth. Sure. And it is a really bad Dungeon Explorer game. And it's almost like a roguelike because there's randomized elements dumped in to these dungeons that you're exploring. And it's like super counterintuitive and it's so unforgiving and it's incredibly difficult. But I was really enjoying it. So I was like, I want to play more of these types of games. So I was trying to look for contemporary titles, and I found out about Shin Megami Tensei for the 3DS. I know it's a part of a franchise, Mm -hmm. but it's the one that just came out for the 3DS that's a dungeon explorer where you're in contemporary world. I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. So I picked that up. Is it a real 3DS game in 3D? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Because I know they made Afterburner. And, you know, yes. that was really cool to see that old game in, in three dimensions. So. Right. Now, this is a cartridge game. Right. It's not a um, 3D oh. redux or whatever. It's okay. not. They, they didn't take a retro game and make it 3D. This is a brand new polygonal game. Gotcha. And I'm like, well, you know, what would also be fun was to play uh, Smash Brothers. So let me grab that, too. So I got gr- Smash Brothers for the 3DS. And then when I was shopping for these games, I noticed that Pilot Wings Resort for the 3DS. Yeah. It was six ninety nine used. Uh-huh. I was like seven dollars for that game. I love Pilot Wings. I'm yeah. going to grab that game too. So I have three new contemporary games. I get on the flight, and what do I start playing? Shining Force for the Game Gear, 1994. <laughs> and I played that the entire trip. I have yet to play any of the three games I mentioned. Why? Why is that? Is something about? Well, for me, there's definitely a connection to the Game Gear. Uh, mm-hmm. And hopefully I'll be able to talk about Shining Force soon so I can get into that. But f- there's definitely that nostalgic note that that artwork hits. And maybe it's for us, 
it's where we started that hmm. has that resonates the most with us. I enjoy polygonal games, mm-hmm. um, but I find myself gravitating back toward pixelated games, whether they're an older game or something like I'm trying to think of one that I really enjoy. Well, on the iPad, Veloci Spider was uh-huh. a pixelated game that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, there's something that I gravitate towards. Now, does that mean those games have more of a fun factor? Uh, For me, I guess they might. But I also think that the industry has changed a lot to dig a little deeper into this question. Whereas the games today don't have the luxury of being inclusive. They have to be as open to an audience as possible, which is why you have a lot of these tutorials that people are constantly complaining about. They want to make sure that they're accessible to a large audience because there's so much variety out there. And I'm sure that they're having a problem because they have to make a new game, something new. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's the thing too, is I would say that the gaming industry and the movie industry are very similar in the same vein where they're not taking the same risks they were Mm -hmm. in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, where today it's a lot of rehashing stuff that works. How many Assassin's Creed's are there? How many Far Mm. Cry's are we going to get? How many times are we going to go back and do more modern warfare, even moderner warfare? And Um, and the problem with that, too, is that since these are polygon games, you sort of want the newest because it looks so much better. It doesn't really even matter if they add it more to it or change it in this way or another or put zombies in it is the most uh, common thing they would do. Yeah, but I mean, because... Oh, now I want to look at, you know, their sweat. And it's like... Oh, and that's not I, to say that the games aren't fun. No. Because clearly they're successful for a reason. But I think why the question was asked is because right now the current trend in the um, A-list titles, mm-hmm. just like it is with cinema, is that everyone's playing it safe. Because all the risks were made back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So now people know what works and very few big companies are willing to take the risk. And a lot of times when these big companies take risks, they get burned, which is why the indie scene, you do see a big assortment of games. And I agree with you. And I've joked about in the past where an indie developer will make something look like it was uh, in television game and Mm -hmm. it plays like shit. And that's somehow it's like some hipster bullshit. Yeah. But I'm not saying that for all indie games that choose to go that route. Bit Trip Runner chose a very specific art direction. And I think we all agree on this show that video games are art. So why would it be any different from any other art form? You know, a steel pan guitar plays different from, uh, you know, a regular acoustic or a charcoal has a different look than oil paintings. Um, I think for video games now, because we have this history behind us, we can choose to make it pixelate. We can choose to make it vector. We can choose to make it polygonal. So it has a different feel or aesthetic or vibe about it. Even though I've joked about it in the past, no, I don't think all pixel games are hipster douchebag nonsense. Mm-hmm. I just think that there is a lot of that out there that you have to sh- you know, sift through to find the gems. But yeah. I agree with you. I kind of gravitate towards the older stuff. To just uh, finally wrap this up with my 3DS experience, the first night, of course, I wanted to dig right into it and well, I got my name set up. <laughs> and went through all the changes you got to go 
through for your club Nintendo and then merging it with this Nintendo and that Nintendo ID. So that <laughs> and they killed the all of it. <laughs> they make you go through all that and they killed Club Nintendo. Uh, and I, you know, the pedometer makes you have extra things in a game, and oh boy! So the first night I spent getting it set up, it's it's a lot like the PlayStation Three. You have to plan in advance to play these things. Start it in the morning when you wake up, <laughs> make a sandwich, get your, get your updates, do all those things, and by six o'clock when people come over at night, you're ready to go, ready to actually play a game, and then it'll say. 1.3 is available for this game. <laughs> it's true. Then, yeah. So I do spend a lot of time just updating my PlayStation and I don't want to play. But on this 3DS, so here I have, you know, um, the new Kid Icarus, the new, which, you know, it plays really neat. You know, it's got a lot of really neat things. I had a great sense of flight and the 3D works really good for me. I, I really enjoy this 3D. I, you know, you have to get used to how you hold it. And the AR games are really neat to me too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. alternate reality, unfortunately, is a big flop. But I had a guy that has the freaking Rift play my AR games at work, and he was just blown away. You know, because yeah. you have warping of the table and the things that these different things set on, and just those effects. It's really done well. It, I don't think it caught on at all. It certainly didn't catch on with the iPads and stuff. You know, I have all these 3D games, and here I am fucking playing Game & Watch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> The LCD versions. Yep. I have these real games. I have them. I have them in my closet like you do, too. Mm-hmm. And there I am playing those. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. We're done with that question. Next. This one's in from Adam. Uh, evidently listening this week, he heard a shout out. He says, okay, I got your shout out. Is this that wise guy that doesn't like the characters? I believe this is the same Adam. <sighs> All right. Go ahead. We don't even know what he's talking about. You know, I'm going to eat this spaghetti right here while I listen to this stupid question. All right. This in from Adam Schulteeths. These are bow ties instead of spaghetti. Very nice. Uh-huh. Uh, in the very same episode that you guys are arguing that a particular style of game should be called a shooter mm-hmm. because that's what they were originally called. Yeah. No one even seemed to bat an eye when you guys referred to EDM. Mm. I guess we were talking about the music for Esperade. What is that? Twitter? EDM. Is that electronic dance music? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. That would be like me arguing that it should be called techno Mm -hmm. and ignoring that electronic music has diversified since the early 90s, Mm. therefore requiring new terms to reclassify older concepts. I don't know when to jump in here, but the last time I heard Donna Summer, I Feel Love came out in the 70s. And it's still the fucking same song that's playing today in the discos. Everybody's doing it. You want me to continue? Yeah. Adam continues with, EDM is a newer term that is more specific and therefore more useful. Just like shmup. Mm. It is a living language we use. (laughs) Terms aren't static for 10 years, Mm -hmm. let alone 40. (laughs) Wiggly is a musician. Mm -hmm. See what he says about EDM versus techno. Or the term that came in between, electronica. Again, mm. from Adam Schultes. Yeah. Yeah. He also puts in a uh, yeah. slash mic drop at the end of that. <laughs> hey, what's this guy's name? <laughs> Adam. First of all, sounds like he's answering his own question. <laughs> Wait, let me get these bow ties down. <laughs> 
I got a little bit of this orange drink. Hold on. If you want to answer your own questions, number one, you're going to be wrong. I don't know. I think Adam has a point here. He has a point. Just like the real Ghostbusters have a point when they call themselves <laughs> the real Ghostbusters. They had to license the name from a show that came out 20 years before. And then they have the gall to call themselves the real Ghostbusters. First of all, he wants to talk about music. Okay, so we have disco, okay? Yeah. And now, 40 years, as he says, <laughs> 40 years later, someone says, hey, guess what? Uh, we're now going to call punk rock disco. So disco now has to be called Del Monte's Canned Pickles. Uh, you know what? I don't know if he's going that direction so much as he's saying That's what that, he's going. Like, let me use metal, the term metal. Yeah. You know, metal rock. Uh-huh. Now, now there's black metal and death metal. Yeah. So there's an evolution in the the genre of that music. And no, it's sub, music there's is, sub-genres. Okay, so would shmup be a sub-genre of the shooter genre? No, it wouldn't, number one. Then that's the, <laughs> that, that's the answer. But if you want to ask a stupid question, <laughs> shmup sounds like something a pervert does to his dog. Okay? <clears throat> shmup stands for shoot em up Am I correct in that? I believe it's a, a uh, amalgamation of those words crunched together. Bang, 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 bang. I'm going to shoot him up. I'm a cowboy. That's not what you do when you're a spaceship going around shooting at flying saucers. You're not a rootin' tootin' cowboy. In fact, <laughs> rootin' tootin' should be a pick of the buck theme, I think. Now I think about That's it. That's actually a good idea. Yeah. But the shmup is an insult. Because it's not a shooter. You can't be saying this is a shooter for 40 years. And then all of a sudden, something that's called a first-person shooter, which is a subgenre of a shooter, mm. of an original shooter, the original Ghostbusters, you know, not the real oh, shooter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, like, Scramble or Space Invaders would be, just so we're all on the same page, yeah. would be a, a space shooter. I just call that a shooter. If it has a spaceship in it, then it's a I, shooter. I think Adam's looking for something to, to, to be more defined instead of less. That's why you have bullet hells. You have different types of shooters. You don't right. call a bullet hell a shmup bullet hell. You call it a bullet hell game, and you know it's a subgenre of shooter. Just like first-person perspective shooter is an FPS, it's a subgenre of shooter. That's why it says it's a first-person shooter. I think it's the, right now, just hearing this uh, between um, your argument and Adam's argument, I believe it's the same argument. It's just using a different word. No. So, so your argument I'm against right. shmup, your argument <laughs> against shmup is that it's too vague, whereas Adam's argument against shooter no. is that it's too vague. No, I'm saying shmup is a stupid fucking name for something. <laughs> it's not a shmup. Shmup isn't even spelled right. You're yeah, saying there shmup. There a seat in there. Yeah, exactly. So what are you saying? Who mooed him up? What are you, Dorfong <laughs> Golf? Yeah. <laughs> you have a bullet hell shooter. You have a first person shooter. But people now call first person shooters just shooters. And they're not shooters. That's my whole problem. That's why shmup doesn't belong in anybody's vocabulary because it's dumb. Unless you're talking about What's your feeling on Metroidvania. <laughs> Unless you're calling it Boot Hill or some other gun game that you're playing like a cowboy, then you can call him a shoot 'em up. But you still wouldn't call it a fucking shmup. That's just stupid. <laughs> like shoot 'em up isn't abbreviated enough. It already's got an apostrophe E M shoot M up instead of shoot them up. 
hey, you know what? It's it is. It's just too long. I'm just gonna say it. it, it, it. So so are you good with shoot 'em up? Yeah, if you're a cowboy. Uh rootin' tootin' cowboy. Never rootin' tootin' cowboy. Then it's tootin a shoot 'em up. A shooter is a shooter, and that's why first person shooter is defining itself as a subgenre shooter. And asteroids and space invaders and spaceship type shooters don't have to subclassify themselves because they're the original shooters, just like original rock and roll is original rock and roll. And then you can get into Stray Cats, you know, or you can get into the hard rock and heavy rock and stuff like that. What? Using uh, music as as sort of this model, this Mm -hmm. example model. Mm -hmm. Or Del Monte can pickles. (laughs) The new type disco has classic rock. Yeah, refers to rock that came out in the '60s. But I don't call it classic rock. Classic rock is '70s rock. Rock is Chuck Berry. In that period, they didn't call themselves. Nobody said I'm a classic rock band. Yeah, they did. No, they said I'm I'm a classic rock band. That's what I'm saying. I'm the Eagles. I'm a classic rock band. I'm saying that. Hey guys, let's start a classic rock band. So. You probably hear that today, but in in the moment, in the era, nobody used that. So that's what I'm saying is, is that for or against your argument? Is that um, showing that there is an evolution in the way that we talk about music? Like, do you have any issue with the term classic rock? Because now that's defining a whole genre of music that at the time Mm -hmm. was just called rock. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the problem. It didn't do away with rock and roll. Rock and roll still called rock and roll. You know what I mean? I understand. You don't I, say. And your problem with shmup is that it's um it's co-opting shooting. It's obfuscating. Obfuscating. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's hidden. It's a hidden. It's buried. That's a dumb word for me to use. We we talk SAT words. Yeah. That's a really stupid word for me to use in this case because it doesn't make any sense. You don't like you ever, it replacing well, shooter. Exactly. For the, because the it doesn't make it, genre. It doesn't make sense. If you want to say a spaceship shooter, okay. And, but and your problem not, is that first-person shooters are now hijacking the term shooter. Exactly. I understand. Exactly. And that's why I refuse to use shmup, because number one, like I said, it sounds like you're fucking your dog, or the sound a dog makes when you <laughs> shmup, stick shmup, something shmup. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a dumb name. And shoot em up is cowboys. I'm going to go in there, I'm going to shoot them up. I want to talk of cowboys this episode. Yeah, or it's like you shoot up your H like the kids do. It's not a shoot 'em up. Space Invaders, you don't say that's a shoot 'em up. You say it's a shooter. I got you. It's well, like, Adam, I hope that answered your comment. Doesn't matter. He still disagrees with it, but he's wrong. Yeah. And that's why we're the video game millionaires, and he's Adam. Adam went on to say that he thinks we're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do insightful discussion on games. Yeah. We're doing some important I- archival work. And uh, he doesn't archive it. Archival work, yeah. Uh, well, we are. Okay. We're archiving some some uh, of the uh, gems and turds of arcades past. Yeah. Um, and uh, he he truly believes we have something special that uh, he hasn't heard anywhere else. Oh, that's nice. Of but him. he still likes shmup. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. You you say poker? Now is that archival? People playing poker? Is that an archive? Poker? Huh? AC Ducey. AC Ducey. Is that archival? Old Maid. Nah, that sounds archival. If people are still playing these fucking things, it's not archival. Archival's when you don't have a loot anymore. You know what I mean? Wiggly, I think you and I were the only two people who played Wall Street in the last 30 years. 
that might be our and, and one of us still plays it yeah that's just called masochism all right next okay who's this one from this one's from alex williams okay this is a separate do- show if you're listening to this now you will have known notice that the listener questions are now their own show on giant media ball <laughs> But for us, we recorded them during the last episode of We Talk Games. Do fighting games need story mode? Example being Smash Brothers compared to Rumble Roses or the Ultimate Muscle Games. I guess it depends on the game. It's very subjective. If you look at games like Death by Degrees, you'll know that you need a story-driven fighting game. (laughs) And I only say this because that is one of the worst pieces of poop game you can probably ever play that will make you hate one of the best girl fighters in a Tekken game and one of the most interesting people. Now, Tekken has stories that tie it together. And I think yeah. that made makes it interesting when you're playing a one-player game. If you're playing a one-player game, I think it's fun. Yeah. Does it need it? No. But can it make it fun? Yes. If you have a lot of English in it, um, mm. you know, you can have <laughs> Fatal Fury, the first one. Fatal Fury 2 even. Uh, very, very small amounts of, of story behind it. Yeah. But it's gratifying to get an ending for your character. And in order to get an ending, you need a beginning and a middle. Sure. So, so sometimes that has to happen. But make it good. Right. You know? Story can definitely hurt games, particularly fighting games. Yes. Like Street Fighter 2 probably had a good example of just enough story. And Street Fighter 1, you know, really had good because, okay, that is where, you know, stories are really fun because everybody says the same thing. Okay, okay. To ball number two. Mm-hmm. I can still play that on my PlayStation. Why? Because it was garage shaded instead of trying to put textures on top of polygons. So it worked and it worked with the character design by what's his name? What's his name? You know, Dragon Ball and uh, Ariel and uh, yeah, those type Akira, of Akira, 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 Tetsu, whatever. Tetsu, whatever the hell his name is. I love that guy. Read the Dr. Slump books. That's what you want to read first before the Dragon Balls and all those others. Because then you can appreciate the humor that is behind some of the things. I mean, the, the, the cartoons get bastardized. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy the cartoons as much as I do the manga. And in Dr. Slump, he will have little special episodes about himself and about his work ethics and about what mm-hmm. happened. So you really get to appreciate this fella. And the Tabal characters were designed by him as well as the Dragon Age. Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest, yeah. So, you know, that's fun with the slime and, and those characters and stuff like yeah. that there. So the Tabal uh, dungeon crawler areas I liked. Uh, that didn't have much of a story, though, so I guess that's a negative. What else had uh, characters that came out of their stories? Well, Karnov, but that went the other way. Yeah, and then you well, had the sticking with fighting games, I think Soul Calibur has just enough story in there. Yeah, it's goofy and, and yeah. strange, but yeah. each character has their own story arc. Yeah. But, I mean, the breakout games like the Mortal Kombat's. You had, you know, Sub-Zero's Quest and yep. Hat Guy's, you know, game. <laughs> Who could forget Hat Guy? Hat Guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, from Hattress. And Raiden. Hattress Raiden. didn't really have a good Raiden story. Raiden. Hattress? Yeah. <laughs> that needed more story. Less hats. I love Tetris Guide N. And you know, when we talked about, uh, when we talked to handsome Hank William, Hank Williams, when we talked to handsome Hank 
Rodgers. Rodgers? He didn't give a shit about that game. (laughs) (laughs) But I loved it. Now, that had a story, and that really worked. That's a puzzle game. So, yeah. And now, the reason they haven't heard Stinky during the whole program, he agreed to stay out of the show and keep his lips shut as long as he gets his one Stinky question per month on the Video Game Millionaires program. Stinky, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready for my question. All ready to go. I did a study, uh, went through a whole pile of Trivial Pursuit cards. Just get ready for my question. So this request comes in from Little Billy, and he says, Stinky, can you please do your famous Tarzan yell? Oh, sure. Uh, if I had my eyes closed. Are you still listening? <laughs> if I had my eyes closed, I would have sworn that was Tarzan. It's amazing. All right. Well, that wraps up this month's episode of We Talk Games Video Game Millionaires. Impromptu, by the way. Wow. So, because so much had, content. We had to cut it out of the last program. We should call Stinky segment Scratch and Stink. <laughs> we should. So once again, the Video Game Millionaires have given you the correct answers to your questions. And if you have your own opinion on these questions, well, you're wrong. <laughs> so until next time, send your questions to at WeTalkGames. On Twitter. Yeah, on twi- Twitter. And don't forget about GiantMediaBall.com, you bunch of yo-yos. What, do you think you're too good for us? <laughs> okay, well, good gaming to you. And until next time, get ready for some answers. All right. Bye. Hey, hey, hey.